Hello and welcome to Not So Molly Mormon Podcast Minisodes. This is Katie. I have an email today titled Outsider in a Mormon Town. It reads, I wanted to share from the perspective of a non-Mormon growing up in a largely Mormon community. The Mormon church inflicts a lot of pain on non-members too. I intentionally say Mormon rather than LDS because I don't like to validate the notion that they are saints in any way. (laughs) I like that and I find that interesting. Growing up in the Mormon church, I didn't really, I guess we referred to ourselves as saints, but when you take the perspective of someone looking in who hasn't called themselves a saint, it's very, very weird. (laughs) I live in a very Mormony part of Alberta, Canada. Followers of Joseph Smith fled north to escape persecution and settled here in the 1880s. In this city of 100,000, there are 11 Mormon churches, plus the usual array of seminaries, welfare hubs, stake centers, and plus the temple in a nearby town. Most of the local dentists, surgeons, optometrists, chiropractors, etc. are Mormons. I feel you, um, you know, growing up in Orem, Utah, it's really, really similar. And there are definitely, I know, places in um, Idaho and even here in Arizona that are very much like that. So I feel you. Growing up here, I had numerous hurtful experiences that took years to fully comprehend. Childhood friendships that started as genuine shifted around age 11 or 12. My Mormon friends were beginning to learn how special and different they were from people like me, a half-hearted Christian who attended both Catholic and United Church services sporadically with my interdenominational parents. The Mormon boys became arrogant little pricks when they discovered they were actually priests. Not only better than all females, but also better than all other non-Mormon males. Wow. That's heady stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, my Mormon girlfriend suddenly got busy trying to convert me. They said they really liked me and wanted to stay friends, and they didn't have a lot of free time anymore because of all their church activities and commitments. If I wanted to stay connected with them, it meant going along to their church events. I didn't realize I was a project. Oh, yeah. That's so hurtful, too. But yeah, that's definitely um, how it goes, and you're taught every member a missionary, and you need to work on getting people converted, or the less actives, more active, so yeah. My first and only visit to their Sunday service was disastrous. It was winter, and I hopped into my friend's station wagon wearing a big coat over what I normally wore to church with my own family, my best outfit, probably something brown and polyester since it was 1978, and my very special super churchy gold crucifix necklace. We got to the crowded church lobby and shifted into the coat room. I liked church and was looking forward to seeing what my weird Mormon friends did differently than my family. I hung up my coat and pressed into the crowd with my friends. Soon there was a commotion. Men were yelling and something was wrong. Everything got very weird and someone pulled me back into the coat room and told me to stay there. I was scared. I didn't know what was happening, but it didn't seem good. I was only 11. 
but could tell something was seriously off. Finally, my friend came into the coat room and told me people were upset about my crucifix. The men were having an emergency meeting to decide what to do. <laughs> oh my god. I was confused. You're Christians, though. The cross means Christianity. I always wear a cross to church, I said. Yeah, no, we don't worship crosses the way you do, my friend said. We're not allowed to have them. I really wasn't invested in the cross. It was just a Sunday fashion statement. I was trying to pose as someone good and churchy because my Mormon friends always made me feel less than, and now they'd stuck me in a closet. Oh, oh. They were always saying, we're Christians too, but anyone who got that upset about a kid with a little gold cross on her neck was not just another denomination of Christianity. You know, you're totally right, and I've said this so many times on the podcast, but it just goes to show there are so many differences between actual Christianity and Mormonism and how they not only worship differently, but yeah, they are basically afraid of the cross. <laughs> Finally, someone let me out of the closet. How benevolent of them. But I don't think I ever wore that necklace again due to the mortification I associated with it thereafter. I never went back to their Sunday services either. I mean, good you didn't go back, obviously, but I'm sorry that happened. I mean, that would be traumatic being shoved into a coat closet and everyone's they're having an emergency meeting about what to do about... <sighs> Your necklace, it's so ridiculous. Still, some of those dickish Mormon boys were really cute, so I stayed connected with my so-called friends. They were using me as a conversion project, and I was using them for social access, so none of us were blameless. I knew I'd never get sucked into Mormonism. I despised the way Mormon adults were small-minded and arrogant, even when they were being nice. I went to a few dances when we finally were allowed at 14. I definitely got noticed and lots of, lots of boys asked me to dance, but something weird would happen when they found out I wasn't from their church. It didn't make them lose interest, as I feared it might. It seemed to make them more interested, but in a strange way. I felt good that they liked me, but something was also icky in a way I couldn't make sense of at the time. It would be many years before I understood that the unsettling change I detected was the subtle but noticeable shift that occurs as they recategorize me as disposable. Mormon boys are taught to keep good Mormon girls pure for marriage. If they want to sow a little wild oats, it needs to be with a Gentile. I was a throwaway human to them. Wow. Wow, this is worded so perfectly um, and actually makes me quite emotional because I totally understand what you're talking about here and I experienced this when I was leaving the Mormon church. I was still quite young, but people that I would meet, men, boys <laughs> that I would meet um, that would potentially want to date me, I, th I think they would judge me and judge by my clothing that perhaps I wasn't an active Mormon anymore. And then they would try to do things with me that I didn't want to do, but they thought that they could get away with it because I had 
lost my faith or was in the process of doing so, yet they would never do that with someone who they wanted to be their wife. It was like we were less than, like you said, we're disposable. We're the ones that they use up, and it's really, really gross. I'm sorry you experienced it, but I absolutely 100% understand that feeling. Things are different for non-Mormon boys, however. They are more likely to experience conversion by dating. They are not considered throwaways because Mormon girls don't get to sow wild oats, right? If they stick with the program, these boys are groomed to become gods and put high up on a pedestal. I don't know any Mormon girls who left the church to marry non-Mormon boyfriends. It was always the guy who converted. This is a good point. Uh, yeah, Mormon girls do not do this to non-Mormon boys. They don't. They're not like predatory about it. <clears throat> Recently, something happened that solidified how shameless Mormons can be about their tactics. A developmentally disabled relative in his early 20s announced at a family dinner that he had met a beautiful girl while riding the city bus who he thought could potentially be his girlfriend. They'd begin texting and had plans to meet up. He was very excited about this, as if as it would be his first real date. It was a curious situation, and we were all a bit concerned. The young woman, who was indeed pretty, had taken a keen interest in my nephew, but it seemed unlikely to us that she wanted a relationship. Sure enough, after a few weeks of texting and riding the bus together, she showed up for one of their dates with two missionaries in tow. <sighs> Soon after that, she stopped corresponding with him and told him that he should only be interacting with the missionaries instead. He was heartbroken. He didn't understand that she had been baiting him, and we didn't have the heart to explain. The missionaries pressured him hard to join their church until another family member got involved and told them to stay away. It's extremely frustrating to live in communities where people like this not only treat others badly, but claim righteousness while doing so. Oh, yes, I feel that so much. It's like they claim that they're doing everything, but like you said, out of righteousness, out of the goodness of their heart, because they want everyone to have the gospel, yet they are treating people poorly in a lot of instances. Guess what, Mormons? When you push a little girl into a closet so strange men can argue over her fate, a feminist fire ignites in her heart. When you take advantage of a disabled person, your holy garments become nothing more than crusty long johns. And whenever you make a woman disposable, you diminish your own score on the decent human scale. Ah! I don't know if I've ever read such amazing words. I mean, I, all of your words are amazing, but wow 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 those were so perfect and that made me feel strong and made me feel empowered to read that sarah and katie your podcast is a balm to my soul because after all these years of putting up with these heartless ill-informed hypocrites and their half-baked hokey makeshift theology it feels good to hear people admit that the whole mormon cult slash culture is a sham I'm so sad that anyone would think that Mormons are just a bunch of well-meaning, family-oriented, wholesome do-gooders. It's a self-serving pyramid scheme of using others no matter how attractive and nice they make the package seem. I have many more stories and examples, but you've heard enough. My heart goes out to anyone who has been hurt, used, or discarded in this way. 
listener, I, I want, I'm not sharing your name because I didn't have explicit permission to do so, but thank you so much for writing this. This is a perspective that we don't get a lot. And I'm very sorry that you experienced all of this. Um, and it really is, it's eye-opening to know that this church not only does it cause extreme harm to its members, as we know, those of us who have left and those of us who still have loved ones inside of it, we hate seeing the harm that it causes, but it causes harm. It radiates outward into the act- the communities that where it's so popular, or maybe even not, but it radiates outward and it affects so many people in so many various ways and a lot of times those ways are very negative but thank you so much for for writing to us and your writing is so beautiful thank you for those sentiments i feel like i want to frame them up on my wall get like a cross stitch of the one that says when you push a little girl into a closet so strange men can argue over her fate a feminist fire ignites in her heart oh oh just so wonderful You all are so great. I'm so honored that you want to share your stories with me and I'll continue posting these every week for as long as I possibly can. Thank you all. I hope you have a great week. I'll talk to you later. Bye.